Hello and welcome back. Richard Tubb here with another episode of Tub Talk, the podcast for IT consultants. Now, this season, we are focusing on speaking to IT solution providers and managed service providers, MSPs, just like you, to understand what makes them tick and specifically the tools they use that bring them success. So today, I'm joined by Alex Martin of UK-based LMS Group. Now, following a degree in cybersecurity and forensic computing, Alex joined LMS Group, who are an award-winning MSP on the south coast of England. Alex is a cybersecurity analyst, and he thrives most while working with his clients to ensure their infrastructure is secure and robust by identifying threats and mitigating security risks. Alex, welcome to TubTalk. Richard, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Uh, where do you join us from today? Um, I'm in the office today, so Chichester-based. Excellent. And I guess before we dive in, help us understand a little bit more about LMS Group. How many people are in your team, for instance? So at the moment, we're 20 strong and we're still recruiting for some additional resources on a technical team. Wow. So, yeah. What type of clients do you typically work with? Um, to be honest, we have so many different <laughs> clients. It's, it's kind of difficult to, um, to narrow it down. But, um, you know, we have clients from care homes to retail to construction to PR, basically anybody with a computer um, and some data that needs protecting. That's kind of, that's kind of where we are. Um, we tend to have more clients on the South Coast. So yes. fairly local to us. Yeah, geographically local yep. to you. What type, what size of clients do you work with typically? Is it the, the SMB side of the, uh, the market? Yeah, absolutely. So small, medium businesses, um, generally they tend to gravitate more towards us and what we can provide them and the flexibility we can offer them. Yeah. Explain what do LMS do for them? What sort of things do you do on a day-to-day basis for your clients? Sure. I mean, on a day-to-day, um, it's a huge range we can do. We do things from consultancy. We do things from a virtual CIO, um, obviously the break fix, the IT supports, that is the bread and butter of the business. Um, we do on-site um, engineering work, auditing, security compliance, kind of absolutely hugely range of things. Um, it depending is it's more depending on what they need um, yes. at any given moment. Yeah. Now I mentioned your cybersecurity background. We'll jump into that a little bit before, but I'm really intrigued. You know, there's not too many MSPs that I speak to who have got a dedicated cybersecurity uh, analyst. Uh, so, what does your typical day look like in that role? Um, I suppose, yeah, we are very fortunate mm. to to have that kind of culture in the business. But um, my my days are hugely varied. You know, one day I can come in and I could be making several infrastructure changes as part of Cyber Essentials. Um, the following day I could come in and I can be working on tickets on the help desk to get through some technical issues because there's a new vulnerability out or there's a server patch that's gone wrong or there's um, something that's more widely impacting all the businesses across our client base. And another day I can be on a podcast with you, Richard. So like <laughs> the days, the days absolutely vary. Um, and that's one of the best things about it. You know, so I split my time wherever the business needs me. I'm, I'm generally there. Yeah, I speak to so many people who who work within MSP businesses and they cite uh, the variety as one of their favourite parts of the job. It's brilliant. And, and being a former MSP myself, that is, I can tell you it's a double-edged sword. There's some yeah. days it's like, I would love a nice, easy job in corporate IT looking after one set of customers. And then there's other days it's like, yeah, that'd be boring. I much prefer working with many different uh, clients. Uh, exactly. I'm intrigued as well. On a personal level, what led you to work within the managed service provider industry? Because you've got a background working within IT departments as well, haven't you? Yeah, definitely. So that's a very good question. I think 
you know, I actually started out in IT as an apprentice um, and I worked for an MSP. I think that was my first and second job during my apprenticeship. Um, that was quite some time ago now. But um, but yeah, so it was just a variety that was that was really interesting. I mean, I, I went on to work in corporate IT after and it was great and you did still learn a lot, but you're just, you're just a small cog in a giant wheel and you're kind of doing the same things every day. Well, it's easy. You leave it at the door, but I don't think you learn as much. You don't you definitely don't get to progress in the same way, um, you know, in terms of, of, of your own knowledge and your professional development. So, you know, working in MSP, I'm exposed to so many different things and so many different parts of business and so many other industries that we're supporting and all these different things to learn. And to me, that's, that's a huge advantage of, of, being involved with an MSP. Yeah. And I think there's a lesson there for any MSPs listening. You know, when you're looking to recruit as virtually everybody is at the moment, I would say accentuate, you know, highlight the variety within the business because it is attractive to people like yourself, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I'd say so. Yeah. So your background, uh, one of the roles that you previously had was an incident manager, right? Is that correct? Um, So it's an incident management analyst, but um, it's it's kind of, I suppose it's similar, but a slightly lower level. Um, but yeah, so that was, yeah, that was quite an interesting role to be honest. Yeah. What did you, what, what did you learn from incident management that served you well at uh, LMS group? Um, I would probably say being concise and being able to, um, relate non-technical information to high level stakeholders because often as a case may be as a technical person, I'm sure, or if you worked You've previously obviously done a lot of technical work and you obviously know that it's really important to be able to translate technical information in a non-technical way so that anybody can understand it because that way you can hammer the points home. And, you know, if the client doesn't understand what you're talking about and they're just nodding, then that's a very, very slippery sort of yeah, I know that feeling well looking at clients. Over the years, I've learned to speak a little less tech and a bit more Plain English and business is probably uh, exactly. the best way. It, it, speaking of which, I know your CEO, Luke Mead. You know, I know him a little bit. Let's put you on the spot here. What's Luke <laughs> like to work for? Um, Luke, actually, you know what? As CEO's go, I think Luke's great. Um, I always get to see him. He's always in the office. He's always around. Um, he's quite hands-on. He's quite decisive, encourages growth within the business, which to me is a huge, huge part. Um you know, I'd like to feel like I'm moving forward, like I'm progressing and I'd like to feel like I'm in a business that's trying to do the same. Um, and that's, I think, why I fit, Mess and I fit in so well together. But I think of like the three leadership leadership types, he, he has definitely got a pretty good blend of all three. And, um, you know, when it's appropriate, it's um, definitely, definitely worked out really well so far in the two ideas that I've been there. So, um, yeah, I'd definitely give Luke a big thumbs up. <laughs> well, it's just as well, because I've got a feeling he might hear this at some point. So, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's, okay, let's dive a little bit deeper then. Uh, we're doing season four of Tub Talk. We're talking about the tools and solutions that MSPs use within their business. So let's dive a little bit deeper and understand what your toolkit looks like. So tell me briefly, what are the platforms you use to run LMS Group? Well, um, there are a lot of things, mm. but um, so we are generally ConnectWise managed base. So that's our PSA um, for our RMM. We use Automate and for remote um, access control, um, we use ConnectWise control. So we are very heavily invested in ConnectWise. And um, to be honest, that works really well for us. 
Yeah. What about um, the other the other tools that you use within the business? So you're a ConnectWise sort of shop for hmm. uh, for the business operating system. Are there other tools that you use specifically, like cybersecurity wise? Yeah. So I mean, with cybersecurity, obviously, there's we are pretty much Microsoft 365 based and stuff like that. So it's everything that comes with that, um, Cisco Meraki, stuff like stuff like that. We're working on a few products in the future. Um, there's a product that we in the last six months have, our platform, should I say, uh, in the last six months have um, integrated into our stack. And that was um, eSecure. So basically what eSecure is, is a security awareness training phishing platform that also incorporates some policy management. So it's kind of a automated one-stop shop for testing the in, what human risk that you, I suppose you would have at an organizational level. Yeah, I, I've heard so many good things about you, Secure. Uh, Amanda Stewart of Innovate, a Scottish MSP, was on the podcast a few weeks ago, and she was absolutely raving about the platform. Share with us a little bit more. You know what what drew you to you, Secure? How do you use it within your business on a day to day basis? So internally, for us, we actually use it as a product. So um, we it's part of our induction process as well for new starters. So we have a bunch of courses that we've selected. So generally, they'll be beginner if you work in the finance side of the business for us. Or if you're on a technical desk, you have slightly diff- more difficult courses that you have to complete. And, um, you know, you have a period of time you have to complete them. And um, they're all entirely automated. So the best thing is whoever manages the use of your platform does or only does the setup once and that's blanket done for absolutely everyone. Yeah. Um, and that is so powerful because from other um, security awareness training platforms that I've tested and I've tried in the past, they're all very manual and you have to always have a period of revising them or adding more courses when they do get added. Whereas you secure is completely autonomous and that is fantastic about it. Um, it saves us a huge amount of time and it works really, really well because the courses are added automatically, the billing is done automatically, um, the users are added automatically. It, we basically managed to make this platform work for us in a set and forget sense. And I think with stuff like security awareness training, it can be quite difficult to implement and you start losing the value it has once you start having to add lots of admin time over the top of it. And we managed to implement that in a way that is autonomous, which is fantastic. So initially, when you start out with Usecure, you will have a gap analysis, and that creates a spider diagram. That spider diagram is then used to create personalized automated training um, based on each individual's uh, results, which is really individually valuable as well. Um, so on top of the training, there is the phishing side of things. So you can also set up autonomous phishing, um, where you would have a period of eight weeks, six weeks, however long you decide to set it. And, you know, you can set up um, a bunch of templates you can pre-select or you can select categories. So whenever new templates get added to the platform, they go straight into a category. That category gets automatically added and selected. So, you know, you can literally do all of this with maybe one review a year, two reviews a year of the actual platform itself, which is incredibly hands-off in terms of the amount of, actual work that would go into setting up something like this, usually an enterprise, say, um, you know, from an external point of view for our clients, you secure is definitely something that has helped um, 
show them how much risk there is to their business. You know, especially as we're able to put them on a, a fishing simulation just off the bat and just say, look, we're, we're going to do this for you free of charge so that you can see exactly what the risks are to your business. And, um, you know, we'd show them results after a period of two weeks or um, perhaps longer, depending on what the timescales are like. Yeah. And, um, you know, those risks often come back as somebody's clicked a phishing email or, um, you know, they've actually gone a step further. They've gone to the landing page and have typed in their credentials. And then now those credentials potentially would be um, on the dark web or would be with, with an attacker. So it's it's very risky, I think, for a business to underestimate that users actually don't pose a risk because they do, they, they always do. And it's the same for our business. You know, we're all technical as you know, and I think we all definitely have the same attitude or have had the same attitude of, you know, I work in IT, I know what I'm doing, but in reality is, you know, you're, you're in the middle of a lot of things. You're also heavily relying on technology to do its part, like phishing filters and spam filters, but things get through. And, you know, sometimes you don't expect that. And sometimes you've been, there'd be the perfect storm and you click on a phishing email and you just won't be thinking, you know, it, it happens. Yeah. So, you know, identifying that risk and then mitigating that through training and through personalized training that is engaging is local, um, is really, really valuable. So, you know, the content, I suppose, of view secure is, is really the bread and the butter because it's UK based. It feels like it's accurate. Um, as somebody who does the courses themselves as well, um, you know, I can absolutely vouch to say that they're interesting. There's, they have a good level of um, understanding. So it doesn't have to be high level information that everybody ha- um, can understand. They can also be slightly more technical things as you get to a higher um, level inside the training. So it's um, it's definitely a platform that I, I'm a big fan of. And I think internally, everybody has adopted it um, quite widely too. So yeah, big praise for, for you, Secure, from our end. <laughs> That's fascinating. Thank you so much for sharing the background there. So a couple of things that jumped out to me, really, really interesting that I've not not really sort of heard uh, before. The first one is, you know, I'm a big fan of um, the phrase, I don't know if you come across it, eat your own dog food. The French yeah. say, drink your own champagne, which is probably a polite way <laughs> to do it. But there's so many MSPs who sell tools that, that perhaps don't use them themselves, you know, uh, um, maybe even, dare I say, set a bad example. So fascinating to hear the LMS group, it's part of your onboarding routine. You actually, your own staff go through uh, you secure. The second thing that jumped out to me, uh, Alex, you've got a wealth of cybersecurity sort of knowledge, uh, a background. If you found the content engaging and useful, you know, that speaks very highly to it, doesn't it? And you say, yeah. you know, you, you, uh, even when you get to a more technical level, what was your first impression when you saw you secure, um, you know, given all of your knowledge in the cybersecurity space, you came into LMS group and about six months ago, you saw you secure. What was your first impression of it? Mm, that's a very good question. Um, so I had actually just finished testing WebRoots um, security awareness training. And when I started using you secure, I wanted not to like it. I'll be <laughs> honest. I wanted really not to like it because it, it didn't like from externally looking at it, it, didn't make sense why I was testing it. You know, I hadn't really heard of it, but yeah, I wanted to really not like it. But um, the more I started using it and the more I actually got involved in setting it up and kind of standardizing it to the way we were going to make it work for us, the more I thought, wow, this is actually really good. It's really straightforward. The support was also fantastic. Um, so 
yeah, I mean, my first impressions were kind of absolutely blown out of the water by just how autonomous it is. And I think mm. that that's the part of it that I keep emphasizing, but it is just hugely, hugely beneficial to us um, because we can bring a really good quality security training and fishing platform to our clients without all the admin overheads. Yeah. And that, that I think is very, very valuable. Yeah. I, I'm really interested as well. You're, you know, clearly a people person, uh, you know, love uh, uh, chatting. When you speak to one of your clients who has been caught out, perhaps that's not the right language I should use, who has clicked through on one of the uh, phishing campaigns. So the white hat stuff that you put through there, talk us through their typical reaction and how you handle that situation with the client. Um, I mean, there's usually a lot of confusion initially when you mm -hmm. try and explain that, but um, it we tend to provide reports more to a high level, um, so rather than an end user, but sometimes an end user happens to, basically when we'll do fish and um, fishing exercise, an email will go out, let's say they do click a link and they'll type in their credentials and then they think, oh no, this isn't right. And then they will raise a ticket with our support desk and then that will come through to me. And then that's kind of the time I would have that chat with them. But, um, you know, I explained to them that it, this is a simulation, but then I also say you did absolutely the right thing. Yes, you clicked in a phishing email and you did type in your credentials, um, but you then recognized that and you told us. And that is hugely important, you know, because if you think you've done something wrong and you're going to get your um, knuckles wrapped, you, you know, less likely to be quite forthcoming with the evidence. But, um, but you know, I think it's encouraging. it's encouraging people to talk about it. It's encouraging people to try and be involved and it's not about who did what and whether there's a blame culture. I think you're only as strong as your weakest link, uh, any business, you know, it only takes one click. It only takes one lot of credentials. I mean, yes, everyone has MFA set up on all the technical things, but you can still harvest credentials and most things reuse credentials. Most other platforms reuse credentials. Um, you know, not everything supports MFA and there's lots of still quite a lot of legacy stuff kicking around. Um, so there's still huge risks um, from an end point, from an end user point of view. But you know, there's no reason to for it to be a blame culture. But it's it's always quite entertaining, um, I suppose, from to see it from a kind of a high level. And when users actually realise it is just the fishing exercise, they so they're so relieved. Like they're almost <laughs> you can almost hear them smiling on the phone. Um, but but yeah, it's 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 a it's a very tricky one to be honest, um, because I think a lot of people associate it with, you know, they've done something really wrong and they've been really silly or, you know, they're not good at something. But far from the truth, you know, it's 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 a case of teaching each other, I think, and and that's what you secure tries to do, what it can do, I think. Yeah, and as as you mentioned earlier, you know, the, these phishing emails especially. Um, especially the spearfishing ones that I've seen come through myself. I have got so close, Alex, to clicking on stuff because yeah. really, you know, the, the cyber criminals there, they thrive on our uh, a, a need and ability to do things quickly. Oh, so I don't know if you're anything like me, I just get an email open. I do a, a very, you know, split second. Yeah, that looks great. Go to click on something. And I, like you, I would say, you know, I've got a ton of experience in this space. Um, I've seen loads of uh, different ways that uh, cyber criminals try and catch us out. And even still, I find myself 
just about to click on something when you know you know a warning pops up in my brain and says uh uh-uh, uh something there so they these emails are so good do you ever find yourself being i'm not going to say being caught out but have you come across any really good examples if that's the right word of of uh, phishing emails recently yeah i'd say so um i mean there was quite a few things going around with the global pandemic um with covid vaccines and stuff like that i mean <laughs> Cyber criminals and attackers will generally leverage world events to try and make something more legitimate. They'll use something that is chaotic, that is confusing, that is unclear to drive home a message and essentially exploit a person or a business. And unfortunately, that is part of IT, that is part of the digital world. And, you know, I suppose without them, some people like me wouldn't have a job but um but so in some ways i suppose it's it's okay but it's it's really not and we can absolutely mitigate some of that risk through through platforms like you secure yeah that do try and make that training part and that risk analysis part as simple and as quick as possible because it can be quite a dry thing um it can be quite boring it can be quite tedious for a lot of people and most people when they receive an email about training um often are like oh, i don't have time for this or you know and these are five minute videos if that that you have to answer a couple of questions on um and once they realize they're only five minutes or that they can literally just fit them at the end of the day or at the end of a working week or on their lunch break it's it's almost a break from most people's working day and um and yeah i think I think there's some really good phishing examples. And the good thing about YouSecure is it's constantly adding more templates and more things. And you can also create your own. Um, you know, there's, I can't remember how many there is. I think for the UK, there's probably over a couple of hundred courses. Wow. On top, yeah. on top of that, there's probably 50 or so, maybe probably more phishing templates. Um, there's some really good ones, actually. There's a spear phishing one about, a, um, a holiday allowance change. And, um, you know, you can send that at the end of the year or the end of the fiscal year or whenever your holiday year kind of resets. And, um, you know, you can clearly see it's from, from a phishing address. It's obviously not something anyone will be expecting. But it also has a landing page. Um, you know, the language is fairly good. So it's it's quite a sophisticated spear phishing email. Um, and you know, it takes it will take them to a Microsoft 365 landing page when they try to type in their credentials, and that's kind of what we will use to as, as a phishing exercise, well, a spear phishing exercise, to say you know if somebody wanted to target your organization, they could do a domain scan and a dark web scan, and they could find these users and these other platforms that you have, and then they can send an email like this, which may make its way through the spam filter and a phishing filter, and um, once it reaches the end user, you know this is. It's got this chance of impacting the business in a in a critical, potentially negative way. Yeah, amazing. You know, uh, to say here all of the stuff that it does uh, beyond what I just thought you secure was when I first heard of it, which was cybersecurity training. There's so much more in there. I've put you on the spot once already, asking you around loot. Let me put you on the spot again. What are you secure like as a business uh, to work with? We share a mutual friend there in Jordan Daly at you secure. How would you describe LMS Group's relationship with YouSecure? Um, I would say really good, to be honest. Um, as far as vendors go, I've been um, I've worked with them a lot since the beginning of trialing this product, and um, they've been 
they've been really good, to be honest. They helped us sort out the automated billing. They have um, helped us in some marketing collateral. We actually get um, we actually get usecure from through the Disty, so Zen Software. Yeah. Um, you've probably heard them. So James Steele and um, and Danny Boyle, fantastic. Um, with with any marketing collateral, any support would become needed. And um, they've been kind of our go-to between us and Zen. But, um, you know, there's a, they're very, very quick to respond when there are problems. Um, if there is any, if there, like usually the problems we've kind of had have been from Microsoft side rather than Zen side or um, use secure side, you know, there's been 365 problems. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so... I would say they're really good. I would definitely recommend you secure um, as a vendor. So good to hear at the moment because there's a lot of angst at the moment in the industry. You know, we've seen a lot of movement. Um, so there, there seems to be a, a rift growing between MSPs and vendors. So, so wonderful to hear that you've got, you know, a great relationship with the company there. And, you know, not only as a, as a tool, but as a vendor that you work with uh, is really helping your business. I, I'm intrigued as well, beyond, beyond sort of sharing the Usecure platform with your existing clients, do you use Usecure to help grow the business? Is this something you advertise to, uh, you know, to potential new clients as well? No, absolutely. So it's... Um... It's definitely something that we do advertise to our new clients, but um, you know, it's it's usually part of like a compliance package or it's part of a bigger project. So when we're onboarding somebody, there's usually a thousand things to do, and um, often you secure has been one of them. Um, so and so you know, with with adding you secure onto a compliance package, for example, it's it's becoming more and more than of a norm to need security training and and user technical training um, to be compliant to various um, frameworks. So it's it's kind of coming more and more to the forefront, I think, for us, and it allows us to also show them their risks because I doubt anybody in the past would have been just randomly setting them up on a phishing exercise and then just going right, we're going to do a free fishing exercise just to show you exactly what human risks are and then just give it to them. And then if they want to take it on, they can take it on. If they don't, they don't have to, um, you know, there are, there are different ways of marketing you secure and the marketing team have been fantastic in giving us collateral for it, but, um, it depends what works for your MSP, I suppose. But, um, yeah, but yeah it's definitely something that's always there at the front, um, for any new clients, but we've also done the same sort of thing for our existing clients. So anybody who perhaps um, we think is going to be at a higher risk, we would put them straight on um, to a two-week trial and we would do a phishing, um, phishing campaign with them and we'd deliver the risks to them um, and then say, look, we can put you on a, a, um, a two-week trial for the training. If you like it, fantastic. You can, this is how much. And if you don't, then there's an obligation. Um, at least you know these risks exist. Yeah, that's very interesting. So you, you not only use it as a, a sort of, sort of a, with your existing clients, but as a marketing tool as well for for uh, obtaining new business. Mm, interesting. I, something I wanted to ask you um, about, not just about Usecure, but all of the tools in your business as well. What would you say is the most challenging thing about being involved in cybersecurity and MSP? Probably the variety of clients. It's the best thing. And I'd say it's also one of the most challenging things. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's fantastic because there is so much to learn. There's so much variety. But at the same time, when it gets busy, there's a lot to know very, very quickly. And there's a lot of differences and everybody's got slightly different um, 
thing that they need, the thing that they want. Their industry requires different frameworks and different needs and standards. So I'd say definitely the variety of clients that is is definitely the tricky part of working at cybersecurity for an MSP. Yeah. What would you say is the favourite thing? I think, you, you know, you mentioned earlier on, uh, um, people almost feel relieved when they re- when they realise they've been caught out by <laughs> a, uh, a test as opposed to the real thing. Is, what would be your favourite thing? Is it is it helping people? Um, yeah, that'd absolutely be up there. Um, you know, I, it's hugely important to me to for us to have a good customer service and to have a very good client relationship um, because everything just works so much better when you do. And, but I suppose from a, from a business development point of view, both for ourselves and our clients, is their flexibility to adopt something new. Um, you know, in the last two years, we've obviously had COVID-19. And with that, every business pretty much had to change the way they work with remote working and the security practices that are in place. And pretty much everything was different for everybody. And the way people adopted to that very quickly was fantastic. And I think we're still seeing the the kind of the ripple, the ripples of that. Um, People are still investing in remote working and they're now trying to harden more um, security harden um, their existing um, infrastructure to to a point where they basically kind of know exactly what's going on and what they need to do for the future to carry on this level of business to see what's going to work for them. Yeah. You know, security hardening is fantastic as well, um, not only for our clients, but also for us because, you know, we are a, improving their security and making sure things are more difficult um, to break into. We're buying ourselves time in case of an incident but we're also finding holes and we're finding things that we can fix and resolve um, because vulnerabilities are always coming. Um, So the other thing I suppose is that our clients are always also looking at the next best thing. So they're looking for a newer product, something that perhaps is more secure, um, is more efficient, is more effective for their business needs. So it's, it's it's definitely their flexibility in adopting something. And I suppose you're going to get that more with small, medium businesses. Yeah, they need large enterprises, but um, but yeah, that's definitely that's probably my my favourite thing about um, handling cybersecurity for small businesses. Yeah, such a fast moving industry, isn't it? As as yeah. we've mentioned more than once during uh, this conversation, it's a double edged sword that can be really exciting, and other times yeah. it's like, whoa, slow down! I just need to to catch my breath here. But yeah. you know, it's something that I, I touched on earlier. Um, your role as a cybersecurity analyst at LMS Group is fairly uh, unusual i think it will be something that becomes um you know normal uh, for msps uh, not just in the uk but across the uh, the world you know having somebody in a role similar to yourself but for those msps who don't have the resources to create a dedicated cybersecurity role as you've got at ms let me ask you have you as a business ever considered working with partnership with another msp to deliver services such as cybersecurity um that's not really going to be something i can I can answer for the business. However, being part of the MSP community, I think is is incredibly valuable. And I mean, I suppose what you're saying is in, in a partnership role, what, what could we bring? Well, we could absolutely bring the cybersecurity culture. And I think maybe that cybersecurity culture is more important than a dedicated cybersecurity analyst or person. Right. You know, there's I don't think I don't think the fact that I have a degree in cybersecurity 
security makes me any better at my job than potentially somebody who doesn't. Um, it, it doesn't matter about your background. It's the problem solving and it's the culture. I think it's in the business. I think a few people in an MSP that are more conscious about security can potentially do more work than I can on my own. Mm. Um, it doesn't, I don't think you need a specific cybersecurity role as such for an individual or maybe a small group, unless you need it for specific things like scene monitoring and stuff like that. Um, but I think as a culture, culture. Yeah. I think it's definitely much more about the culture and that's something that's um, been an underlying problem. I think for a lot of businesses is trying to build that awareness and that kind of cybersecurity culture within any small business, medium business, because it is difficult and it is a lot of consistency that generally needs to be there for that to occur, especially long-term. Yeah. That makes an awful, awful lot of sense there. Ed. So it's the, the cybersecurity culture at an MSP that's going to lead to success, not necessarily throwing resources uh, at it. Um, I know you keep an eye on the sort of cybersecurity world as a whole. What do you see the next few years holding in store for cybersecurity? Oh, <laughs> that's a that's a very difficult question. Um, gosh, I don't know. It's been a it's been absolutely crazy in the last two two three years. I mean, just what five months ago, five and a half months ago. I mean, we had Log4j, like yeah, biggest thing in ten years. Um, you know, vulnerability wise, so absolutely turned the cybersecurity world upside down for for quite some time. I think people are still probably <laughs> dealing with the fallout of that. So um, at the moment, but um. But yeah, it's, um, you know, what I've seen over the past 12 months, what I've noticed more and more of is, is zero day vulnerabilities is, is more critical vulnerabilities that are coming and that weren't, I suppose, coming, being discovered. And I just anticipate there'll be more of a pattern of that happening. Um, especially with remote working and where we're depending on different technologies much more and we don't have the protection of being on premise all the time. Mm. Um, you know, it's, it's something I think should be taken a bit more, a bit more seriously perhaps because log4j was massive. But I mean, just before log4j, a couple of months before that we had the printer nightmare twice. So, you know, we, we was privileged escalation from, um, on premise, um, AD. So, you know, when, when, where, where a user who's not an administrator or doesn't have any privileges can use the principal service to um, escalate their privileges, privileges to a administrator, which is a huge problem because mm. an administrator has ultimate control. Um, but yeah, it's, I think it's the way the frequency of critical vulnerabilities that have been discovered in the past 12 months, uh, I expect that pattern to carry on in, and perhaps even in rise. So here's a follow-up question to that. What, what advice would you give to MSPs for not only reacting, but um, uh, being prepared for those zero-day vulnerabilities? What can people do now to, to get themselves into shape for it? Um, absolutely. So in terms of what MSPs can do and what MSPs should do, perhaps it can also be very different things, but, um, you know, for, for us, for example, at the moment where we've got a patch management system and we patch everything that is like seven and above on the CVSS rating of scale. And, and that's fine. But when the zero days come out, nothing prepares you for that. 
you just have to be aware, be on the bulletin boards, be subscribed to some mailing lists, um, look at social media, get involved in the community. I think that is something you should, if you don't do already, you definitely should do um, because that will help you stay ahead or even in line with everyone else that's there. And, you know, when vulnerabilities come out, not only do you know that they exist, you also often know or have an inkling how to fix them because other people have the same problem and many minds are better than one. Yeah. And you know, that, that to me is my free advice. That is, <laughs> you know, you can buy all the products in the world, but if you don't have the attitude to, to be part of the community and lean on people that have the same problem, then, you know, those products are going to have a very limited impact on, on what they can really bring. That that absolutely makes sense, and you've shared so much good quality, useful information here that we're we're very um, grateful that you are a part of our community, Alex. But uh, as we come to towards the end of our time together, I've got to ask on a personal level: who influences you? Who influences Alex Martin? Or are there any mentors, or authors, or speakers who have made an impact on your life? Oh, that's that's really good. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts about cybersecurity. Okay. I, I do listen to some MSPs, like I've, Richard, I've listened to quite a few of yours, Richard, mm-hmm. and um, I've really enjoyed them. And there's quite a lot that I've seen recently that's come up um, for you, especially with cybersecurity and kind of the push for that to be the forefront, um, which is really nice to see. Okay. It's definitely interested me a lot. So, and they've been really good quality. I really enjoyed them. I appreciate it. I appreciate the un- unsolicited testimony. I wasn't fishing <laughs> uh, for that one. Tell us about some of the other uh, podcasts that you listen to. Is there any, any that have caught your ear lately? So there's a uh, Cyber Reason podcast that's very good. Um, if you're quite techie and quite like the whole, um, I suppose, monitoring side of things and want to know how a pen test works or um, how you would defend against a malware attack, then Cyber Reason is great. There's lots of case studies in there. They um, they basically also provide a um, XDR and um, EDR solution. So there's quite a lot of um, stuff about that in there, which is great. But um, but there's also Jack um, Reeve Snyder. I, I can never quite pronounce his last name, but he does a, a podcast on, um, quite popular podcast, I suppose, on, on Spotify called um, Darknet Diaries. And again, that's just stories from the dark web and um, people he interviews, which are quite interesting. I mean, some of them are quite from quite some time ago, but, um, but you know, if you're quite still fascinated by technology and how things have developed, um, there's some, there's some good ones there ah. and, um, and book wise, um, there's a couple of actually authors. So there's a couple of, um, four, well, I say former authors, they're still authors. Um, but David Sanger, um, he did a book on a perfect weapon and it basically covers things from like Stuxnet way back, um, way back when to, to the, uh, US election to the film called The Interview with North Korea and Sony, that whole thing. So it covers like these major global um, cybersecurity, cybersecurity incidents. And it's it's just fascinating, the, the politics behind it and just the sheer scope of things. And, um, you know, I, I kind of like the story side of it. And that really fascinates me. So um, a lot of books like that I have read. And obviously there's, there's a huge influence in Kevin Mitnick. Um, I think every cybersecurity person would obviously know who that is um but yeah i mean beyond beyond those kind of guys i'm just kind of read whatever interests me um there's no not particularly anybody i, I tend to generally follow yeah um, 
Well, I wasn't aware of uh, some of those resources that you mentioned, so I'll check out those uh, podcasts and books. And if you're uh, listening to this as you're out driving or walking, don't worry. Uh, we will make sure that all of the uh, all of the resources that Alex has mentioned in this episode are included in the show notes, which you can find on uh, the website, tublog.co.uk. Alex, this has been absolutely fascinating, and I've had a real it's been a real eye-opener for me, not only into use secure and the other tools that you use, but into the life of uh, a cybersecurity uh, professional. So thank you. I know there's going to be people who are going to have follow-up questions for you, who want to continue the conversation with you. So if anybody wanted to reach out to you, how uh, best for them to find you online? Um, you can find me on LinkedIn, if you can link it in there. Yeah, I will. We'll put that yeah. in the show notes, your LinkedIn. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. So yeah. Just reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm more than happy to answer your questions. Um, any queries you have, any feedback, again, that'd be amazing. Thank you. Wonderful. Alex, it's been a real pleasure uh, speaking to you today. Um, thanks so much for, for taking the time out of your day. I know cybersecurity never sleeps, so I appreciate you taking time out from the service desk to come and speak to me and share some of your wisdom. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Richard. It's been amazing. Hey folks, Richard here. Thanks for listening today. I know you've got a ton of options for who you listen to nowadays, so I really appreciate your support. Do you have any feedback on this episode? Ideas for future guests? Tweet me at Tublog using the hashtag TubTalk. I respond to every tweet and really appreciate your feedback. Hey team, this is Richard again. Just one more thing before you take off, and that is MSP Insights. Now, every Tuesday, I share my thoughts on the business of IT with you, the managed service community. Thousands of managed service providers already subscribe to MSP Insights. It's easy to sign up, easy to cancel. MSP Insights is basically a short email from me every Tuesday without fail with advice on growing your IT business, plus cool resources I found, discovered, or started exploring that week. It's kind of like my diary of cool things and often includes articles or books I've read, tools I've discovered and events I think you'd be interested in, often sent to me by my friends and Tub Talk podcast guests. So if that sounds fun, a short tiny bite of MSP goodness every Tuesday and you'd like to try it out, just go to go.tub.co forward slash Tuesday. That's go.tub.co forward slash Tuesday. Drop in your email and you'll get the very next one. Thanks for listening.